You're listening to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Classic Gamers Guild Podcast. I'm your host, Anna, and I'm here today with one other co-host. You have to guess who it is. Give up? Okay, I'll let you know. Hi, Paul. How's it going? Hello, Tadja. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> you had a 50-50. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> the kids are out to play. Let's see what happens today. <laughs> uh, so in the spirit of having fun, uh, in the spirit of having fun, uh, today we're going to talk about our favorite uh, graphics in computer games, which is kind of fun to talk about. Exactly. We're keeping it. We're keeping it super vague right now, so that way we can flesh out what we actually mean as we go along. It's a little, little strategy. It's you learn we these come things. Come up with it during yeah. the episodes. The best time to do the research. So <laughs> we also decided we would. We thought it'd be fun to record this podcast while while uh, one another while we just do other things. You know, <laughs> so, so be like, I'm huh? working at the wood shop, and you're making games and we're doing all sorts of stuff yeah yeah no totally see yeah, that disconnection right, right. yeah that's, that's crazy crazy <laughs> <laughs> so i've got a list of games that that uh, i really like the graphics in and, and i thought i would start my list with like a classic king's quest 4 and the reason i put this in right away is because of uh, for one the day night transition it's yeah beautiful it's glorious, isn't it? And it's and it's creepy. It, it's got an aura. Like I've brought it up so many times before, but the inside of the mansion, the fact that you could see a reflection in mirrors when you walked by them. Huh? Pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Four is is by far my favorite because of that. Because of like the, you, I can't really explain it. It's just the feeling of the game. It just has that weird feel to it that makes it. It's just really alluring. It's mm-hmm. all about the, yeah the unexpected creepiness and that's I think you hit you you you, you bloody struck gold right out of the bat because or out of the gate or I, you know I don't know whatever these kids are saying the the SCI zero era of of Sierra was like I think that was like like their like peak Sierra like the golden my definition of like the their the, their best moments or whatever because the, the the SCI zero games would be like Space Quest 3, Colonel's Bequest, King's Quest 4, um, Police Quest 2, Quest for Glory. That's kind of a gray area, right? Because one of them is so weird. I put it in with like Quest for Glory 2, but like it's not, not quite the same, is it? Yeah, no, I can't remember too which quest. One of the Quest for Glories uses like SCI. A, a version of SCI that that was only used for the, for their for that game. Super nerdy. I guess it really doesn't matter, huh? I just kind of heard myself, and I was like, all right, that's that's for the the three percent of the listeners. If if we want to go down that route, well, technically well, not. <laughs> Sorry. But yeah, in in with those graphics. That's where I went. I went straight from uh, King's Quest Four to Quest for Glory Two because the two of them, I just I find them so pretty. I find they both have a, a sort of a, the day night transition in a way that I love it. I love looking up at the stars and how they, I like how they used repeating scenes 
in Quest for Glory too, but that as kids we were still able to identify them. Like, what's the stars look like? What's that rock look like? How do you get to like Omar? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the, the, the skies, you, you're right. That there's something specifically about like the nighttime skies. Like as you said with King's Quest Four as well, like the the night transition. I maybe it was like with the SCI Zero. It was you know. And, and again, like the, the the games that were made in it was like that a really cool time because the graphics kind of got you know the graphics got the the a, a huge makeover let's say and then on top of that you still you still got to use the text parser which for for me and and you know a lot well, a lot of people that's that's a plus I know for others it's not but it's kind of you know it's a weird period of time you got the best of both worlds but back to the graphics that was like a really good time for dithering as well oh, uh, you know if you beautiful. think about it like colonel's bequest and police quest 2 a lot of the games in that sci zero era, era were yeah heavily dithered in a good way mm -hmm. like think about nighttime in the fountain plaza when you're a thief and you're gonna go break in and and the shadows that are cast out it's yeah. it's beautiful and then the hues that they use for it just to show that it's nighttime in places oh it's beautiful dithering good point yeah, that definitely helps a lot, right? Cause they, and they were able to. It was a nice period of time, I guess. Um, then because, uh, same. It pro I don't know what you would say it was. The the time itself. I don't know, like, eighty seven to to ninety two. I don't know this period of time where it's mm -hmm. like they were beyond that that simplistic AGI kind of look. Uh, had more, mm -hmm. you know, they had more um, capabilities than that. But they they didn't yet arrive to like the hand painted background era. Of like you know the no. latter King's Quest and some Lucas Arts games, and they, and they were good too. But it, you know you didn't need to dither at that point, so it was just kind of this nice little period of time, a couple of years, where where dithering was like at the forefront, of course, loom and such. Well, that, that you bring up a good point about the dithering. Okay, I'm sitting here with the box of Space Quest Four, and you're talking about like the transition time. This is 1991, so on the back of the box, you've got your 16 color version and your 256 color version just sitting there. So you're looking at the 16 color with so much dithering, it's like it can't even hold it. It's like, oh my God, yes, like bring on all the dithering because we're trying to represent so much, but we want everybody to have the game, no matter their graphics capabilities. Right? But then you're getting kind of more into the the era of hand-painted graphics and uh, I mean and absolutely it is it's a beautiful game Space Quest 4 yeah ex yeah and I, I've nothing against the, the hand-painted graphics either but I guess I guess a, um, maybe a more unpleasant side effect of, of having them was, was you know the it did away with the need for dithering I guess you could say which <laughs> which you know I'm enamored by to this day I think a lot of us are it's just such a cool you know, almost not, not obviously not lost art things to, you know, brilliant artists out there keeping it going, but but resurrected art, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go into like a game like Willie Beamish, for example, there's a lot of dithering, even though it's more cartoon style, but it's also different. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, they kind of almost did more of like a kind of a LucasArtsy sort of thing with Willie, right? Where they did like the heavy outline and then just a solid color for the character, giving it that kind mm -hmm. of cartoon look, which is cool. Yeah, like, and not always, I remember it's like not the same, not everything's in black outline. It's outlined with colors made up of. Right, yeah. So it's not like a form on a page. It's like everything kind of works together and it's, it's like more realistic. But there was still some neat, like, I don't know, I'd almost call it shading more than dithering in that game, I guess. Makes me think of the EGA version of that, 
of Willie Beamish. Um, something mm-hmm. I guess we could get into more in a second, just the the kind of versus versions or whatever when it comes to graphics. But yeah, the the EGA version of Willie's really kind of sh- it looks cool in the right screenshot or the right screens, mm-hmm. but like the Willie's uh, like paper white, so it's like yeah. really off putting. Something just jarring mm-hmm. about it. Like the, you know they they didn't have any other options but just you know white out white for Willie, so it looks super strange, but. I don't know. There's something kind of weirdly charming about, like, the EGA versions of EGA (laughs) games, graphic-wise. Well, the Amiga was pretty. The Amiga was the most gentle, I think, out of all the versions of Willy Beamish. Everything blended so nicely. It was, you know, had nice tones to it. The uh, the VGA was very bold, and the outlines were, like you said, very, very heavy. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because for a while there, I was, like, super into... The different versions of the games on on their on their hardware, I guess you could say, or, or emulated, if if that was mm-hmm. the case. And the Amiga and the Apple Two GS seemed like mm-hmm. they used um, our our friend um, Chad from Edenwaith, um, who mm-hmm. we've had on the show, he, um, did a really interesting write up. You should go go over to Edenwaith and check it out. Um, but he did a cool write up on the palettes that were used, and basically. The this really really short of it is is that the palette for the the um, Apple Two GS and the Amiga were just a lot more were just a lot more saturated than than like the IBM um, and perhaps I believe the Atari ST as well. So they, like the everything was just like a little brighter. Right, right. And but then, the EGA and I think the Tandy too. They both had like the the weird kind of skin colors. Right. And yeah. Where a lot of them had yeah, like more um, yellowing. Mm-hmm. A good example is um, Space Quest One, where like a lot, of, a lot of the systems it had a, it has an orange sky instead of a pink one. Mm-hmm. I ducked saying the name of the planet because I forgot it. Right now I can't think of it at all. <laughs> Bringing up Space Quest One, I wish I had that big box here too to just like peruse over. I was, you know, I was tempted for this episode because like I've got a pile of big boxes next to me, but I was tempted to like have all my big boxes stacked all around me while I record today because I'm like, there's so many cool graphics in so many different games <laughs> no it is it's, and it's helpful too right and like inspires conversation i'm usually recording near mine i'm in a different spot tonight so i just lazily took a picture of it and my phone like took a picture of my boxes so i could like just just have a visual reference to you know remember something i'm forgetting i guess i should look at that you know the most intriguing graphics in a game to me was uh, at least back in the day uh manhunter you look at the back of the box, you look at the graphics, it's so gritty and so cartoon-like and so out there that, like, you can't help but want to play that game, although I've, I've never completed it yet. It's on my list, the, the lack of a mouse, I guess, and, and the unique gameplay threw me off a bit when I was younger. That's right, the lack of a mouse. I went down a rabbit hole because there's there's a patch or two out there that, that, should, that should let you have normal mouse control. Um, and I, I couldn't get them to work. <laughs> but yeah, yeah if there were a few games I would upgrade with mice, that would be one of them for sure. Yeah, it's um, it's a really good point though, because that's one of that's such a visually alluring game. It, it's like mm-hmm. uh, I, every every game on my need to play list, it, it kind of has that something something about it, like Manhunter does, where it's just yeah, it's really like alluring. The way they did the city, uh, I guess it's probably Manhattan because it's coming off of the bay. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, something really arcane but really cool about it. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't played that either. 
No, I've, I've maybe given it like 30 minutes of my time. I'm absolutely not an authority other than to say I have the big box and the pictures from the game are freaking beautiful. And they, and especially when I was a teenager, it hit every like itchy spot in my brain that I wanted it to hit. Like it was right. so macabre. And it's like when I went to play it, I'm like, I'm following a little dot around and there's a maze and I'm supposed to know where the guy goes. And it's just like, what's going on? <laughs> I remember yeah. getting far enough to get to the knife challenge. I remember doing like the the chance where you have to do the knife blade between the guy's fingers. Yes, yes. Yeah, fast as you can without hitting his fingers. I remember doing that. I, I remember my my dad used to do that to me, um, <laughs> <laughs> with a. I should be quicker to say with a plastic. You know, maybe even with his finger. I don't know. I was super young, not with a weapon, but but it was because of Manhunters. Like I remember like him playing it. You know, I, I've got like you know enough in there I was, I was around it but i haven't played it but yeah it's it still scratches all the right itches or or, or yeah, i think you put it a little less disgusting than i just did but i think but i just you, said it the same way as you just said it yeah it's a lot nicer when you say it yeah i'm sorry about that guys it um it still does that for me though like every time i see a screenshot i'm like why haven't i played that I, i'm playing that tonight that's it um it, yeah it hasn't happened yet it will it will. Um, Me too. I've even got it in my DOS box right now because I, I forgot that I already had installed it and I was prepped to play it because I was installing Panzer General 1 in DOS box so that I could get it up and running again and freaking hell, it's a beautiful game. I'm not going to call it out on the show for having the best graphics, but I tell you, number one is very detailed. <laughs> I'll give you that. Like, they simplified it by the time they got to number two. <laughs> <laughs> they were exhausted. <laughs> That's like my main picks for in that era. I mean, because otherwise I jump into like outside of my usual genre, but under a killing moon, even though I'm not an FMV fan because I loved the uh, I loved the graphics. It was the first time I'd ever played a game that looked like real life, like it was the movie. I'd never encountered that before. So I thought right. it was like the prettiest game ever. And it was sassy and rude and fun. It, it had James sassy. Earl Jones in it. Like, oh my yeah. God, everything. Yeah, at the time he was he was I mean of course Vader, but but he was basically just the, like the AT and T guy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, those are synonymous memories. Um, and then Steve, oh yeah, Brian Keith was in it too. He was like in Parent Trap and stuff. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Like yeah, like a, a nice eighties actor wearing a sweater is what I kind of picturing. They were calling them all out like on the back of the box. They're like, oh, and. Uh, Margaret Kidder, because she was in Superman 1, 2, and 3, etc. And, and Russell Means, the last of the Mohicans, and natural born killers. So You've got some people in this. And yeah, I that, mean, they look like themselves. <laughs> it really helps that they did that. Yeah, because it's like, once you said all that, like, whoa, that's, that's pretty impressive. That sounds expensive. <laughs> it does sound expensive. I wonder what the budget was. If it was, if we were a more authoritative type of a podcast, we'd be telling you that information right now because we would have researched it beforehand. <laughs> instead, moving along. Yeah. Instead, might I recommend you know Google and let us know there. Yeah. Email us if you know the answer. <laughs> Just redirecting all that. It's good. They like responsibility. Um, <laughs> Okay, structurally speaking, which obviously, you know, we're a bit at want for because Rick's not here. You brought up a good point as far as saying the, the well, everything you said. 
You eloquently put that that was your list of games for, for that time period, so I'll kind of follow suit and just see if I can wrap up and, and, and also def redefine or define that time period. So I guess we were, we were kind of accidentally just talking really about, about the, uh, I don't know, early, early SCI days, um, 87-ish to like 90. 90, 91, hitting, you can hit it at the top with 91, because when did, uh, let's see, Heroes Quest came out in 89, right, so number two would have come out probably in 90. Yeah, 90, okay, up to 90 makes sense. Okay. Uh, Space Quest 4 was 91, and we touched on it, because technically there's still the 16 color version of it too, right, so kind of fits so we can extend it up to 91 yeah yeah exactly but you know there was different budgets for different you know some there's reasons there's a lot of red tape okay ish is what i'm trying to say all the years we're saying on this podcast end with ish <laughs> so then i i don't know I, I kind of it's kind of for me it's like the sci zero thing is it's like all, all, I think it's like almost all my favorite Sierra games in, in a weird way. Or, you know what it is? It's the, 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 my favorite in a series happened during that time, right? So mm -hmm. Leisure Suit Larry 3 is, was my favorite Larry game, and that was SCI 0. Um, mm -hmm. Police Quest 2, I kind of flip-flop on this, but for today, uh, it, was, it was my favorite in the series, and that was SCI 0. Space Quest 3, that was my favorite, and it was 0. So it was like this perfect time where like just, they just kind of nailed everything. Um, mm. Except for, except for codename Ishan, but other than that, they yeah. nailed nailed everything. Not you, Ishan. Okay, nailed here it. they are. They're like, we're gonna make Leisure Suit Larry four. Okay, so programming ensues. Where do you start? On a beach. Okay, check. Hot women. Okay, check. Okay, screw it. We're not gonna do Leisure Suit Larry four. We're gonna jump right into five, and it's gonna be point and click. Well, what the fuck do I do with this beach scene? I'm like, <laughs> I don't know. Let's turn it into like the most technical submarine-based game ever. For some reason. I know it's not like really how it worked, but I'm like, that's because as soon as you start playing Codename Iceman, you're like, this is beautiful. This is so like Larry. I can so picture this going that way. The next thing you know, you're like 10 feet deep into a technical man uh, manual and you feel like you want to get a job in the military, but you don't. Ugh, <laughs> and eight hours later, you're still in a submarine. Like, boy, there's a lot of nice rooms in this game. Kind of yeah, stuck in this. I did play it. I got stuck. <laughs> Even with a walkthrough, I've heard people get stuck in it. I haven't tried it as a grown-up, right? So, There was a rather technical explanation used with many fancy words in the Sierra Adventure book um, that Sean mm -hmm. done, where one of the guys that worked on it kind of explained how everything went wrong with the game, but specifically with the submarine puzzle. And, you know, I don't mm -hmm. remember it very well. If you... <laughs> This isn't going to be some competent follow-up with here's exactly the problem, but it was it was highly technical and and I guess it kind of, from what I recall it came down to timing issues, and the the way it was programmed, it's not like a fixable thing. You know you can't speed up or slow down in emulation. It's it's not like that. It's like hard code is 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 wrong, timing wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's and they, they said they were trying to base it on the technical manual because there wasn't a lot of creative direction at the time from, what was it, Jim Walls that did that? Or is he the one that made that one? Yeah, Jim, you're blowing it, Jim Walls. Walls made that one. So, yeah, he, he was like, okay, go and do this up. And then the guy's like, he's like, make it authentic. And the guy's like, took that to mean, oh, yeah, like, follow the instructions exactly as it says here and code it. 
and everybody was being super technical on that side and so it ended up being more technical than fun Oof. mistakes yeah mistakes were made but that being said every other sci zero game is gold like it's it's a it's almost a phenomenon to me it's like the, the one this one perfect moment in, in their history like colonel's bequest was the other one so long story short all the games i just listed for sci zero would be my my picks for for that era's art and then so real quick perfect. i need to stop and appreciate other studios of course so i i, I would hate myself if i was editing this later and realized i didn't say loom so thank goodness mm -hmm. i just remembered that um Gotta mention Loom with its dithering. Maniac Mansion was, I love the game, but the art was just kind of mad. And then Zach McCracken had really nice art, but, but yeah, Loom. Okay, I'm all done with that period. It's funny, you know that time. You know, hitting up the top of that time period actually, the Heart of China. Beautiful game. I mean, I know it's painted, but there's also sort of a dithering going on. It was another one of those games that I was really excited to play. It was really, really pretty, but when I was a kid, I just, I didn't quite get it, and I couldn't get into the politics quite as well, so I still haven't finished it. But I do own my big box, so eventually I'm going to finish it. But it's a beautiful, beautiful game. Yeah, no, it, it, that's Heart of, Heart of, the, of the Dragon and Rise of China. Rise, Rise of the Heart Dragon. Heart of China, Rise of the Dragon. <laughs> Did yeah. I just... I have okay. both of those, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've wanted to play those as well. That's a great call. It's another one. I, I think I think the reason I I haven't yet is one I can't stop replaying things. I've played twenty times, which I need to do. Um, but but the the still motion thing, like I like it and I like games like that. But I I always I, I always choose something that's not still still motion in place of it. I was kind of like that with Callahan's Cross Time Saloon. I mean, it's a funny game and a great concept, but there was a lot of still motion going. Yeah, yeah, that's a good. That's kind of a good point. What are some other still motion ones? There was um, there was a bunch on the Macintosh that we had, like Shadowgate, mm -hmm. um, Deja Vu. All the Sorcerer's Appliance, Sorcerer's Apprentice games. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah, um, Sorcerers get all the girls. All that that sort of side of things. It was all still motion. Hey, you know, talking about in that era, uh, what about Battle Chess? Like, it wins me over for A. It's like 88 to 90. The cover of the game is really freaking cool. And the cute little animations when they fight and they, like, destroy each other. Cute? I don't know. But it's pretty awesome, too. I do like that look of that game. Yeah, that's a really good call. Yeah, that's a... I, I, everyone, everyone had Battle Chess, I feel like. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> It's it's like a, it was like what you put on your coffee table to to PCs. It feels yeah. like I, I had it and I never had the big box. Now I'm a grown up. I haven't played it in ages, but I own the big box and that makes me happy. And it is freaking beautiful. Like you've got the queen out there and she's shooting magic and like kicking a knight's ass and another knight's down and the king's in the back being all majestic and it's pretty awesome. Yeah, so sorry. I was just looking at it too. Yeah, okay, it's like going on. I'm looking at it online. I don't. I don't have that one. Oh come on! Yeah. Pick yours up off the shelf, Paul. <laughs> I got, you know what, guys? I got this battle chess big box like not three months ago from eBay, and I found it because it had a spelling mistake in the ad. But even with shipping from America, it cost me like seven ninety nine. I was like, how can I not? And it's beautiful. It's in such good condition. So happy with this one. 
But yeah, it, it's nice to see that there's still games out there on eBay and, and they can be relatively inexpensive. Otherwise, you know, Facebook Marketplace. I'm not going to go into big box games. I just happen to be looking at them because like the whole point of all of this is how gorgeous the games are. And you can't help but compare the graphics on the front of a big box to the graphics on the inside of the game when you actually play it, right? Yeah, no, exactly. It helps, it, it helps like with um, the, your internal world building, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. you know, kind of. Give, give, it nudges your imagination into a direction. If done right, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it does. It doesn't have to. If it didn't to you at any point, then that's okay too. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us about that as well. Let us know. Should I over like romanticize that? I'm not sure. Um, I think that's what it does, but I don't think so because there's like everything to it: the box, what the box looks like, what's what the game looks like, what the contents inside the box looks like listen to this noise like the sound it makes when you like do that everything about it it all goes that, yeah. together it's nostalgia i could hurt someone yeah that, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well since we're since we're on topic of boxes what are what are some of your favorite boxes for art for, or for I'll, I'll use the word graphics instead so it sounds like it's more on topic <laughs> Well, some of them are repeats. I do love Heroes Quest, the original one, not when they switched over to any other name, but the original Heroes Quest box where, like, your hero's on the front and he's about to battle the beast and his sword is all chopped up and his shield is all chopped up and you're like, you still have hope for the guy, but you know he's kind of screwed and you want to be him yeah. anyways. Yeah, that's a great point. You're right. Yeah, there's, there's still this mightiness about him. And the, and the beast is, is super metal. He's, he's, he's hardcore. <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good one. Okay, now you go. Okay, all right. Um, Amon Ra always comes to mind for really bo both the Larabo ones. Mm -hmm. I, 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 for for probably totally different reasons, right? Because Colonel's Request is like its simplicity is is what I, why I love it. But with Dagger of Amon Ra, it's like the the I've always had a thing for Egyptology in general. So that, you know, I'm biased in, in that regard. But I mean. Even if even if not, it's still like it's just this a stunning box with the the gold bits and it's all raised and the art is really cool. They're looking mm -hmm. over her shoulder at the desk at night, the lighting and yeah, I don't both both of those are, they're probably my favorite too. Together, mm -hmm. I'd probably steal one of yours. Like the front of Space Quest Three is just awesome. Yeah, <laughs> no, that is that's funny because that's the one I'd more most likely have a poster of. <laughs> Yeah. Which is, I don't know why it is, so I don't know why I'm not saying it's my favorite, but yeah, that one's, that's classic. It's got such a, like, box office look to it. Mm -hmm. it, it you know, they, they totally nailed the, the kind of, yeah, box office thing, and the Rogers, like, munching on the monolith as he's being chased. Tells you, like, who he is in, in a quick snapshot. <laughs> like, you know, aloof and carefree or eating burgers and his life's still in danger. Yeah, that one's awesome. Um, and then um, for Rick, we got to bring up uh, Gold Rush, because you know it's he's actually said himself how much he likes the box art yeah. on Gold Rush. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. Yeah, that one's that one's quite amazing. What else? Um, trying trying to oh Phantom Return of the Phantom. That's a cool one. Mm -hmm. It's like the half. Uh, well, you know the Phantom and the Opera Mask. <laughs> it's iconic <laughs> enough to not need to. Really, <laughs> give a long drawn out description of. Um, See, but it's, I, I it's on like wanna... half the box. I like Sorry. that one. That's okay. Yeah. 
I didn't want to pick Police Quest, although I like Police Quest 1 and Police Quest 2. I'm not a huge fan of either of the covers. <laughs> yeah, same. They're fine. Like, and I love the games, and they're great. It's just they're not my pick for, like, my favoritest things to look at. Yeah, I'd rather yeah, look exactly. at the game than the cover. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Okay, what else? Loom's really good. That's a good one. I like the box art on that. Mm-hmm. I never had the big boxes for any other. I mean, I only had Maniac Mansion for LucasArts big boxes. The rest were just on CDs, so I don't really have a, a lot to compare them against on that side. Yeah, and then nowadays they're, they're quite expensive. They are. I only have that one, and apparently it's, it's fairly valuable, but it's like in a bin in my garage somewhere. So one of these days I'll pull it out and put it back on my shelf. <laughs> Oh, um, hey, I just, I want to go back to game graphics just for a second and mention uh, Freddy Farkas, Frontier Pharmacist, because I love the graphics in that game. They're whimsical, but they're like authentic and they're country and it is, it's a beautiful game. Yeah, it is. That game is amazing. I, I just played it for the first time recently um, and it's, re it's really good. The, the reviews were mixed enough to where like I really didn't. I really didn't have an expectation because I, I purposely looked at some reviews because it, it was, it was down to you know Freddy versus like the fifty other games I need to play like Manhunter and stuff like that. So looking at the reviews in that case helped, and they they were kind of split. Like there were some people that were quite frustrated with it. That mentioned issues with the the time puzzle, which I I fresh off of King's Quest three, I was I didn't see an issue with. Like yeah, I'm not, I don't like time puzzles, but it was not like unfair or hard in comparison anyway it was like yeah it took a couple tries but yeah anyway freddy freddy needs some love that's a really good game because I, I, th I think it's one of those games too that ends up on the i need to play list you know because it's not mm -hmm. not like an iconic sierra game but everybody knows it so it's like yeah i should definitely try that so if any if you if you're listening and you've been teetering on playing that or not give it a go it's really really good really fun mm -hmm. satisfying game but yeah sorry so but graphically speaking okay. um I, I got to mm -hmm. mention too the dig that was that was a really good mm -hmm. one, um, mm -hmm. and so was Legend of Kyrandria. Kyrandia. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you enjoyed Freddy Farkas as well, uh, check out Al Ammo's and the Lost Dutchman's Mine, which is it's a great name. It's really in the spirit of uh, that era of gaming. It's point and click. There's a lot of hidden stuff and yeah, fun little game. Nice. Okay, and that's is that by AGD? Yes, it was. The original, like, before they changed names and all that stuff. Right, right. Okay. Right on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess an another kind of angle to, to take would be um, unique unique graphics in games, you know, t um, mm -hmm. experimental or otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What do you got? I mean, the, I guess the, the, the easy, like, the freebie would be, would be Neverhood. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Neverhood or, or any of those kind of claymation games. There's a children's game called Olo, O-L-L-O, where you're this little ball and uh, it's all made out of claymation. It's an adorable little game. It's divided up into chapters. I think it was done in the 90s. It's a very pretty game like that, Neverhood. Hmm, and, and of course there's Arma Krog, which was, which was but there's, there's another one I'm trying to think of. Uh, I'm going to give little it a quick... Big Adventure had different graphics for sure it was all very round and shiny and odd but very charming in its own right yeah no that's true 
That's true. Um, the Dark Eye. That's what I was trying to think of. That was mm-hmm. like a. It came out in '95. It was a, like a horror adventure game, uh, stop motion, and I think it was based off like an Edgar Allan Poe poem or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's yes, yeah, it's it's, I, it's unique not not just in the stop motion aspect, but just the the whole art direction is really, it's really cool. It's different. It's dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's another very pretty game that has unique graphics. It's kind of like Heroes of Might and Magic 2 specifically. They're very cartoon-like, but they're also very classic looking. It's it's a very pretty game to look at, and it's not like many others that are out there in the stylization. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll have to play it so you can know what the hell I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um few seconds behind at least googling it that's the least i can do <laughs> it's, it's pretty out of it's not my favorite heroes of might and magic game but i believe it is the prettiest of the uh the first three no yeah, another I... game that's pretty like on a newer scale uh quest for infamy is a beautiful game i finally had the chance to play that a couple of months ago and uh it's just it's gorgeous the portraits yeah. here are quite pretty too the game in general it's and it's very and it's very sassy and it lets you you know play a little bit of a different character than perhaps you might play in real life so it's fun <laughs> yeah well, that's a that's a good angle too is, is new newer games or new new classic mm-hmm. style games i guess you could say mm-hmm. um that look really good and it's, there's so many of the the uh Wedge-Eye games look just amazing oh, yeah. um, and, and i love that and progression too. of graphics too if you're talking wadjadai if you're doing like the blackwell games watching it from like the first one to the last one right yeah it's so satisfying <laughs> Yeah, it goes, it, it's yeah. You can see, watch it go from from like a- amateur to pro or indie to pro or whatever. It's it's mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, not not to call the first one amateur, but just yeah, the the way the first looks in comparison to the to the fifth, that that mm-hmm. would be kind of fair because it's just amazing looking. But and then the, they had Ben Chandler do a lot of games, and he's he's a really talented guy because he he's I, I honestly I don't know the specific of the games he's done with them like a lot of them. Like uh, odds are he worked on it kind of thing if it was Wajedi, but um, but like Gemini Rue and he, he was, he's really good at like the dramatic lighting and and you know darkness and rain and whatever a lot of the the Wajedi games have. But they're all yeah they're all beautiful. Kathy Rain was a great looking game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, it's hard to be fussy when when they're going back and making games like they used to be. Even Thimbleweed Park, they all look pretty like I love how those games look so if somebody wants to copy it or do something within that format I'm happy <laughs> yeah yeah it's much preferred mm-hmm. yeah Thimbleweed was, was gorgeous too I was like uh like you said that that era of games I love it when the game pauses when you type but still lets you type <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah SCI Zero Fear was perfect it's, it's I didn't, I didn't mean for it to, to take over so much of the episode as it has, but but it, it just works. It was, just, it was peak graphics for me. And if you like text parsers and, yeah, just gaming in general, it's spot on. And if you want to listen to the CGG podcast in which we rearrange which Sierra games we like and why in various orders for every single episode, this is the place to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're just going to talk about the same games over and over, but for different reasons. <laughs> Yeah, and it just you know throw little curveballs in there like Cryrandia, which I'll, I'll say real quick. I know a lot of people love that game, but I I did not. That game was 
so disappointing. I, I wanted to like it because the, the graphics are, are gorgeous and and yeah, it was just a great looking game. But it was nobody told me that like you'll spend seventy percent of the entire gameplay just lost in in a cave. Like that's <laughs> you're just lost in a dark cave with berries and and, and that's. And then some other things happen, and the game ends. Like that's my recollection. It's been three months now. <laughs> that's all. It's the most ridiculous and insane labyrinth thing to ever be put in an adventure game. It's 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 like the adventure game trope of mazes and labyrinths, but like dressed up for Halloween on steroids. It, it's like oh, it's just enormous. <laughs> It's enormous and it's dark unless you carry berries with you that you you lay down to make the room glow and if you don't do it ahead of time you die and it was a mess but it was beautiful so yeah you know. yeah the the character portraits and stuff are very pretty right yeah yeah and it was it was a really good looking game mm -hmm. there's like there's a scene in the church in the beginning just where the the stained glass reflects on the ground like there's some really really cool stuff in there it's a shame that there wasn't more like story and it was just so much maze but maybe that's just all i remember i don't know the limited inventory thing too i didn't like that you can only carry a certain amount of things it's like are we doing this or are we doing this like you have to leave something remember where you left it right yeah 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 it's like, like i'm gonna it's put in, this here is this based on realistic pockets or not because if <laughs> if he's holding even a little more than a human could just let us carry it all then that's how this works <laughs> It's either like car keys and a debit card or just like ladders and shit. No, no in between. No, definitely no in between. All right, guys, that's all the time we got for today. But thank you very much for joining us and listening to us ramble. I hope it was, uh, I hope it was at least mediocre for you. Um, I, well, that's not true. I mean, I hope it was, I hope it was good. You know, hey, I'll be vulnerable for a minute, okay? I just want you to like it. <laughs> Tell me you like it. Um, <laughs> I'm imagining our excitement shined through that episode, right? People are like, even if we don't care or we don't agree, we can hear how excited Paul and Anna are, and that's enough for us. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we're forcing it on you, forced projection of positivity. But, but you know, we're, we're a Facebook group, so go on Facebook and find us there at the Classic Gamers Guild. Check us out on Twitter. Do us a tweet at the CG Guild. We're on Instagram. You can do us the tweet equivalent of an Instagram at Instagram at CGG Podcast. And I hope that edits in. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, and also, I want to say a sincere and genuine thank you very much to all our Patreons for making this happen. You can hear the tonal change in my voice. I'm serious. <laughs> the, we really do appreciate you guys, and, and you make this show possible. And, you know, give us justification to stop and actually make time for this and, and things like that. So thank you all. I hope you're well. Um, special thank you to... Jay Holmes and Mark Fillion in our extra special thank you tier. Love you guys. Really appreciate your support. And I think that's it. So, you know, stay safe. You know, don't, don't be all breathy on one another. And uh, don't do murder.